You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Three, two, one. Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston. This is Chucky Brown, former NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer. Hey, it's Matt Thomas, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course with me as always, who's apparently coughing away from the camera, my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin, wearing the rated R, uh, I was going to say Craig Ackerman, but it's not Craig Ackerman, it is, uh, this is uh, Adam Clan, our boy. Adam Clan shirt, how am I sleeping on that? <laughs> you see this like at the beginning of all his videos that he posts about. Yeah. You know, the Astros, like, suck it, LA, suck it, New York, you know, all that same stuff. He's a good friend of the podcast, good friend of ours. Love him to death. Want to support Still him. hasn't come on the pod. Yeah, I know. It's funny. He's really hard to get a hold of. He, you know, he's a busy man. He loves his wife very much and his children. So, you know, it's a it's a difficult thing. Shout out to Teresa. So you already know, man. <laughs> Well, I, li- I like your shirt and I'm trying to dig and I'm trying to front my shirt. Shout out to Taylor Pate because I'm rocking the Jalen Green shirt. His yes. Jalen Green shirt. I didn't so even I think- realize that. <laughs> of course you didn't. It's the way my camera's angled. I don't want to I don't want to angle it. To- well, I guess I can do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a little something, something for the for the for the video files out there that uh, are going to see our video on YouTube. But look, let's go ahead and get going right away. As you take your sip of wine, we got an awesome guest to bring on to the summit for the first time and look i like to say this right now because this dude's an og he understands he knows when we say the summit he knows the summit for sure so let me give him his flowers one time on the intro he's an og just in terms of being a rockets fan he's been he's been in the game for a while through clutch fans and other stuff like that but he recently got on twitter and he's recently been blowing up talking about rockets talking about texans talking about all things astros talking about anything and everything you know, H-Town related. This is Houston born and bred, raised, and now currently at the sun. And rocking Cougars stuff while we're at it, too. So he's rocking the Cougars as well. They got their dub, their 1-0, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But I want to introduce you for the first time here at the Summit, Vader, H-Town. Yo, man, how you doing today? How's everything I'm, going? I'm and great, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Like, this is uh, it's a dream come true. You know, y- y'all are my boys. Like, um, if, if y'all don't know, Justin and Ken are like two of the coolest people you ever meet. So like when they invited me on the pod, I was like, I will absolutely be there. Just let me know. So it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Oh man, we appreciate you coming through, man. It means a lot to have you on, man. We met you, what, maybe like a month ago, maybe two months ago. I don't remember exactly when we first met. It was the Summer League game. No, it was the Summer League game. The right? Summer League party. Oh, yeah. Big City Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. And that was a fun night. That was fun. And we've hung out a few times. It's always a good time when we hang out with you, bro. You know? Um, but we're just really happy to have you here. Yeah, It means a lot to us that you that you find us to be so kind you know we just try to be nice dudes have fun you know what i, I what, what i've found so far since i've been on twitter because I, I have been on social media for a while like when i was in high school i got on i, I did get on clutch fans i did uh i did moderate on real gm um yes yes kind of, Rush yeah, talking about that. Yeah. Like, some people have like gotten on twitter and they've like hit me up in the dms and they're like hey were you uh were you on real gm and i'm like yeah that's me um so that's kind of why I stick. I stick with, I kept the same name just in case, you know. It's, it's you know, I don't. Re, I'm not really a brand, but at the same time, you know, I I have been around for a little a little while. Just back when I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. Funny story with that though is that uh, on Real GM, Roosh wasn't Roosh at the time, but Roosh actually moderated with me while we were on Real Real GM. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that the Roosh Williams that everybody. Was actually the the king roost that moderated with me on the Houston Rockets board on Real GM, so that all that kind of came full circle like over the past few months. Like we kind of mm-hmm. back up, and um, it's been a great time. Everybody on Twitter has been very welcoming. Um, people have been, um, I mean, it's almost been like a family atmosphere. Like I, I've mm-hmm. involved myself in some things that I did not think that would be possible. Like even sitting here with you guys, uh, it's just been a, a huge blessing. Oh man, I mean. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to our boy, Roosh, the Mastodon. For some reason, always <laughs> wants to challenge us to a basketball game. Love him to death. <laughs> Even though he only has one good ankle. Yeah. I know, man. But I, see, know. Like, I knew Roosh. Roosh was an aspiring rapper. Uh, yes, he yes, was, yes. He was in college, I think. And um, I, don't, I don't remember, but I, I do know, like, dude, was a, he was a rapper. Uh, Roosh hasn't changed a whole lot over the years. I'll tell you that. Like, even when we moderated on Real GM, like, Roosh does not take crap from anybody, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true, man. I love it. You know, and since we're talking about bringing it back, you already brought it back, but let's go back to the beginning of you as a fan, man. I, I want to hear your story of what brought you in to be a fan of the Houston Rockets and not even just that, but houston sports in general honestly when i was a kid um the oilers was probably the first thing that i was actually a huge fan of and they broke my heart uh mm-hmm. they made me cry you know they had that whole situation with the buffalo bills where they were like winning 35 to 3 i think it was and they ended oh, up yes. yeah so my, my, my dad still talks about, about that to this day like <laughs> if you make me cry like we, it's over we can't <laughs> we can't come back from that that relationship <laughs> So like um, you know, I ended up like the 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 Houston Rockets were just like this up and coming team. Um, a little bit before my time, I know they were good. I know the the Ralph Sampson and the Hakeem Olajuwon days. I don't remember too much about that stuff, but I do know that they had a very good team that was derailed for you know different situations that we don't need to discuss. But um, like in the '90s, like they just looked like this up-and-coming team. We had like Vernon Maxwell, and they just pieced it together. I think Carol Dawson was the GM. He just mm-hmm. together like a really gritty team with Kenny Smith and and um, and uh, Vernon Maxwell, Hakeem, Otis Thorpe, and then they ended up drafting um, 
uh, Robert Ori and Sam Cassell. And that was like the two pieces that kind of put them over the top. Oh, and big shout out to Rock, to Mario Ellie. I can't forget Mario Ellie. He's kind of like that glue guy, mm-hmm. that Tucker kind of guy for like any of the newer fans who aren't familiar, but like, that's what Mario Ellie was. He was like a PJ Tucker guy. Like uh, a lot of the stuff that he did did not necessarily show up in the stat sheet, but it was invaluable mm-hmm. for the success of the team. So like that team is like what kind of really, really sealed my fandom and kind of made me like a huge fan of the Houston Rockets. And so watching them fail, <clears throat> like playoffs after playoffs uh, against the Seattle Supersonics, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a Buffalo Bill, um, Houston mm-hmm. Oregon situation, but because it was like, man, we're so close, so close. It's just that uh, Seattle ran an illegal defense. I'm going to die with that. Like, I really think that the defense. Oh, yes. The way they ran that defense against the dream. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why the referees never like officiated that, you know, correctly in my opinion, but, um, and then they got eliminated that, that first championship year, they got eliminated. I don't remember by who, but like, I remember when they got eliminated, I was like, okay, this is our year. And sure enough, I mean, we ended up uh, going to the finals. We played the New York Knicks. You know, uh, O.J. Simpson kind of interrupted a very good NBA Finals game. <laughs> his white Bronco, but we don't have to talk about that. But, yeah, that that was what kind of sealed my love for the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Cassell, big shots. Robert Ory's big shots. Vernon Maxwell's greediness. And, of course, the yeah. breaking of Kim Olajuwon can be understated. Man. Yeah, see, like – I love to hear that yours kind of started around that time as well. Cause I was full, tri- full transparency here when the Rockets won our first time, I was four, maybe, no, maybe I was five. I don't remember. You were but five. I don't, I don't remember, but my, my very first memories of us winning uh, of me watching Rockets basketball were then I've said this story before. Like I said this to a uh, clutch fan, shout out to Dave. Um, my first real memory is like watching Sam Cassell on the screen. And seeing him, they did a graphic of Kenny Smith and Derek Harper, you know, their stats together and how Derek Harper just killed Kenny Smith. But they said that Sam Cassell was kind of like a kryptonite to Derek Harper because he just he didn't take shit from him. And that was then that was when I kind of realized, like, yo, he's a dope dude. I like basketball. I don't know why, but this is exciting to me. We're winning, you know. So anyways, moving on from that, man, like I love to hear that, especially the references to the Sonics. Right. Because not many people understand that we had huge struggles with the Sonics. Like in 87, uh, we got eliminated in the second round against the Sonics. And again in 93. And again in 96, man, we wanted to three peat and injuries were kind of in the way that year. But to think about that and to think about those struggles with those teams and how they ran that defense led by George Carl and Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, huge guys for them. It's kind of crazy to remember because, you know, you think when you compare teams that the Rockets struggled against, it's definitely the Sonics in the 90s and then the Jazz in the mid, the early 2000s and then, or I guess late 20s, 2000s for 2010s and then the Warriors. You know, we always have the team that the Rockets tend to struggle against and it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? Especially as Rockets fans, it's not very fun, you know, to have that. And we've been so close, but um. Wait, Let's I got something on. to say though. Oh, no, I got something to say though on, in regards on, to on, that. Because uh-huh. you because we talk about, you know, us not liking Seattle, obviously, for, for various reasons from what they did to the Rockets in the 90s, but there's obviously rumors and 
and innuendo about the fact that Seattle might end up coming back at some point? Are we, as a collective question amongst the group right here, like, are we welcoming Seattle back into the NBA, or is it just not like, me? No. Not me. Man. I'm <laughs> There's too many bad memories on that man's side. Like, I don't even pretend. If I'm um, I'm all Houston, everything. And yeah, so yeah. If, you, if you are a rival of, of Houston, like you're always going to be a rival. I do not like anything of, that Utah does. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And by proxy, I did not like the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Seattle Supersonics were a thorn in our ass for like so many years. Like, no, I, if they come back, you know, it, it's like they never left for me. He says we're gonna see that Seattle green. I love that. I love that. Did you actually felt those? You actually felt those emotions. You know, no, I mean mean it. Like, if they they come back and they better not be green, white, and yellow, because then it's just gonna stir up all of these negative hatred emotions. (laughs) Vader's game was they were a really good team. I mean, you can't really really hate on a bum team, right? Like they had they had Gary Payton, they had the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Um, they had Nate McMillan. They had Detlef Shrimp. They had a lot of really good players on that team. So it's not yeah. like they had a, they they had a squad, and it was very tough for us to beat them because of the gimmicky defense that George Carl employed. However, I'm holding all of that against them. That's grandfathered in. That's grandfathered into my <laughs> hatred for them. And so, like you know, I don't know how many years it's been, how many decades it's been. But like I'm bringing that right back to whatever this new team's name is, <laughs> and if it's the Sonics again, expect expect some uh, slander on the timeline on Twitter. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, love I love to hear. I love to hear it. It's the same as like how the Seattle hatred carried on to Oklahoma City. Like you know, like Oklahoma City, man, right. they get no love from us. You yeah. know what I mean? They get to this hard and do. I made a post the other day about Josh Giddy, and uh, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I you remember know, that. Post. Forgot I about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just you know, it's just you know, for me, honestly, mm-hmm. it's just friendly trash talk, right? Like, yeah, of course, um, exactly. If you have a friend and they're like a fan of the Cowboys, or you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying these teams because these are people that we come into contact with the most because we live in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. The Cowboy, uh, a fan of the Cowboys, or a fan of the of, of LSU, or you know, whatever it may be. Like, you talk trash to your friend. That's just how it is. Like, I don't exactly. mean exactly. Like it's, 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 it's nothing it's, personal. It's nothing malicious. It's not personal. You know, mm-hmm. it's business at the end of the day. <laughs> there you go, man. And I love that you brought up Josh Giddy because, you know, we got a rookie of our own down here in Houston, man. And everyone's been seeing our boy Jalen Green has been putting in work. And he hasn't just been putting in work alone. He's been putting in work with a Rockets Twitter favorite person that was that is not the Houston Rocket uh ahem paolo bencaro justin's me, favorite player paolo bencaro by the way i actually liked i like paolo bencaro i mean I, i'm gonna be transparent but how do you feel in terms of what you've seen on uh these clips for jalen and the possible steps that he could make forward in the season okay i'm gonna get to jalen first of all i'd like to say that i also saw josh christopher working out and Josh Christopher is the best Josh from the 2021 NBA draft, by the way. <laughs> there you go. See, see, my man's staying on brand. You got just gotta yeah. stay on brand. There you go. You know, no disrespect, <laughs> no disrespect to Josh Giddy, but we got the best Josh out of that draft. Mm-hmm. And then as far as Jalen, man, like I'm impressed with Jalen. I've always been impressed with Jalen, even mm-hmm. uh, even when he was struggling last year. Um, I know um, I was on I was on Clutch Fans a lot at the time, and there were uh, there was a a little uh, subset of posters who would like say really negative things about Jalen Green. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, man. like, dude is 19 years old. 
he has this freakish athleticism that you have not seen very often from from any any player, let alone like you know a, a shooting guard. And so mm-hmm. a, a six 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 five dude, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. you got to give it patience. You got to at least let give him an opportunity to acclimate himself to the league. And then we saw like it paid dividends at the end of the year. He was, mm-hmm. I mean, he was amazing. Like he honestly, like if you really look at his numbers offensively, those were borderline all-star caliber numbers that he put up to end the year as far as um, mm-hmm. as far as points, shooting percentages, true shooting percentage, like everything that he did was, I, I was super impressed. So like to see him like working on his game this summer, uh, his body looks a little bit different to me. I, I, I yes. know people were saying that he didn't look like he gained a lot of weight, but Something looks different to me about the way he looks physically. Mm-hmm. I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I know he probably didn't probably didn't gain ten pounds like a lot of people wanted him to, but I I do mm-hmm. know the fact that Stephen Silas uh, said that he's a lot stronger than he was last year, and that you were going to get a lot more deep three pointers from him. And like um, Brad put up a, a a stat I think a few days ago, like he was actually really good at deep three pointers last year. Like his deep three pointers. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. his deep three-point percentage was actually better than Trey Young. And, you know, we all look at Trey Young as like, you know, like a dude that shoots from the logo, like with this high efficiency. And Jalen mm-hmm. Green, Ricky, as a 19-year-old for most of the year, you know, he turned 20 at some point. But, like, Jalen Green's uh, deep three percentage was actually better than Trey Young's. And to think that he's going to improve on that, like, going into this mm-hmm. season, like, and, and looking at, like, the workouts that he's putting in with, with Paulo and – um who else was he working out with? He was doing some other stuff like with um I don't remember. It, was um, it uh what's the dude from um Scotty? Was it Scotty Barnes? Oh, Scotty Barnes, yeah, yeah. 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 He he Scotty Barnes. Barnes yeah. yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. like and and we've heard a lot about Jalen Green's uh work ethic and his ability to like go in the gym and actually lock himself in the gym and, and, and just be focused and locked in on improving his game. And I know mm-hmm. there was some chatter earlier in the um offseason about like why aren't we seeing any videos? But I think Jalen Green is going to come back and he's going to really like he's going to put on a show, guys. Like I, I really 100 percent believe mm-hmm. um, like we're talking about 20 points. I think that's that's bare minimum. That's bare minimum. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. Bare minimum. Like there, there's no way to, that he doesn't average at least 20 points per game this year. And I'm thinking maybe it's, it's honestly probably going to depend on how many shots he gets like within the offense, because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to like force so much onto him so so soon, so early. But I mean, is it, whatever Silas puts on him, he's he's proven that he can handle it. Because you yeah. know, like, one of the things that you worry about with a guy is like if you give them more usage, will their uh, will their will, will their efficiency go down? That did not happen with Jalen Green last year. The more touches he got, the more usage he got, the more efficient he got, which is absolutely you know that's that's elite. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I think also in regards to like Jalen Green. Since he's going into a year two now, he has to kind of start thinking like if we talk about last year, he obviously was slumping to start because he was a rookie. Now he knows the speed of the game. The game obviously towards the end of the season slowed down in his mind. And if the game slows down in your mind, you're pretty much pickings. It's pretty much easy for you at that point. A lot of the stars, the, the greats have that ability to tap into that next level to slow the game down when it matters. And we obviously saw that from Jalen. So my my goal for him this season would be to hit the ground running. Silas implementing this 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 offense now it's more to his liking because I'm not saying it's because of this, but obviously a big reason behind this is Christian Wood is not technically on the team anymore. 
a lot of the offense was bent to be run towards him because he was at the time the best player, established player that was on the Rockets. So obviously they were mm-hmm. going to cater a lot of the offense towards him. Now he can really run a true Steven Silas motion type offense, like the what he ran with like Luca and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see what Jalen's going to do there. But I really believe like he has to, not he has to, but I really want to see him hit the ground running the start of the season because he mm-hmm. now knows the speed of the game. He understands mm-hmm. who he's facing against. He played LeBron. He's played LeBron. He's played the greats. He's played Steph Curry mm-hmm. already. He's played them. Mm-hmm. He's got to touch and feel like what Kobe said, you know, in the last dance, he got to touch and feel Mike. So he got to understand that. So Jalen green got to touch and feel these greats uh, now. So now on top of that, he can, I was like, someone better say it. I sound like a damn Clint Capella press conference over here. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, uh, God dang, I lost my, (laughs) no, but like, yeah, I just think like Jalen really needs to hit the ground running in year Mm. two Jabari. I think in my opinion, uh, the the rookie the the rookie the number three overall pick will have more reason for cushion to get to a slow start. But I think Jalen at this point in year two should really hit the ground running. And like I said, fully agree with you there. I fully believe he's going to be, he's going to average at least 20 maybe as much as 25, 26 on a high end. I'm hoping for it, but I really believe that he'll definitely, hit, I believe he'll hit the ground running at the start of the mm-hmm. season for sure. No, I, I agree so with too. that. His confidence, mm-hmm. like if you, I think his confidence was probably one of the biggest things that we mm-hmm. we don't talk about, right? And it, it it's kind of like, we just assume that he's he was going to come in and average 20 points like off the rip, right? But like, you got to keep in mind, like, Kobe Bryant didn't come in averaging 20 points off the rip. Michael Jordan did. However, Michael Jordan spent two years in college. Michael Jordan, you know, has, has this maniacal, like, Michael Jordan's just different, right? Jalen mm-hmm. Green also has some of, some of those qualities, but, like, he went through a natural progression last year that you would want to see from a player like Jalen Green. He came in super confident. He struggled he bounced back from it. Like a lot of guys fold under that kind of circumstance where they like, they aren't, they aren't experiencing a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And you can see that like he took that and he turned it around. Like he stayed in the gym. There was that one game, like, um, I don't remember what game it was, but he had a horrible game. It was, he was in that really bad slump kind of mid season. And um, everybody was like, man, we should have gotten, we should have drafted Mobley and all of that mm-hmm kind of going on yep. and he stayed after and he was he was in the Toyota Center and he was getting up shots and he was just like you know what I have to trust I have to trust my work and mm-hmm. it ended up paying off and at the end of the year what did he say I'm a bucket and, and nobody, <laughs> can nobody can dispute that's indisputable it's true dude, it's, a bucket. it's true Absolutely. It's true. He averaged, dude, he was slumping and he averaged 14 to 15 points a game on a slump in his rookie year. I'm like, bro, like, I know y'all are expecting him to be a bucket right off the gate, but 14 to 15 points at his worst on his yeah. rookie year, not that bad. Mm-hmm. Not that no, bad. No, it's true. It shows a testament, not just to um, his work ethic, but also his character. Like Vader said, to expand on that, like, in terms of players that will fold under that type of pressure, it shows a lot about Jalen and how his toughness is you know what i mean he is not afraid of facing adversity because there are a lot of players that come up into the league that have yet to hit any sort of adversity you know what i mean they've been winning 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 and they've been scoring 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 you know or whatever their strength is whatever but what i'm saying is that for jalen for someone who's achieved so much success from high school and into the g league and then now in the nba 
for him to struggle the way he did and the way to recover is just a testament to who he is, not just as a player, but as a person. And with what Kenny stated um, in terms of them, of him needing to have a quick start to the year, I agree. Not just because of the fact that he is Jalen Green and we have expectations for him, but the first 10, the first 13 of our, of the season, are away from home and who are they going to look to? They're going to look to the bucket getters. Jalen is number one. And of course, KPJ is number two, but Jalen green will be dependent on to lead the way. And in order for us to gain some form of momentum moving forward after those 13 games, we're going to need Jalen to have a pretty decent to a good start to the year. We can't have him slumping out the gate. It won't be a, it won't, I'm not going to say it's not a good look and I'm not, I'm not saying he won't recover because he definitely will, but it's going to be a good way to showcase his leadership as well as the number one guy in year two. Tired of the same old anime tees, tired of the Malcor look, that first colony Malcor look. Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting some love as well? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorites, Demon Slayer. So Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. So use code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% discount at dayoff.shop. That's D-A-Y dash o-f-f dot shop so make sure to go through grab a t-shirt and meet us at the summit what's good everybody this is Devin white aka the gentleman and you are listening to the summit state of mind podcast with the commissioner and the gm let's get it let's go talk about the rest of the off season you know are there any compelling stories that truly intrigue you in terms of the rest of the team. Everyone obviously knows if you're on Rockets Twitter, Kevin Porter Jr. Complete, complete. Um, I don't know how to say it. He's like probably the most outspoken player on Rockets Twitter. There's, and he's so divisive in terms of opinions. I have friends that cannot stand him. I have friends that absolutely love his game. You know, there is your favorite Josh, Josh Christopher. You know, who's coming out the gate, who's working really hard, had some pretty good exchanges on Twitter yesterday, which is really dope, shows a lot about who he is. Alperin Shangun playing in Turkey, you know what I mean? And that fight in Georgia, that is a little frightening, frightening for a guy. <laughs> but, you know, and then Jabari Smith getting to Houston. You know, are there, are there anything um, in your mind that you might feel is the most important subject to you? Um, the fact you know how you, we were talking a little bit earlier. Oh, that was that was like some good wine, Justin. <laughs> you gotta, you, after we're done, you got to tell me what, what that is so I can go. Hey, pick some that up. there you go. <laughs> but, um, I got you. Red 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 wine is my favorite. Anyway, so um, I don't know the whole Paulo thing. Like you were saying about uh, Jabari, um, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tie this back in. Just bear with me. The fact that we did not end up getting uh, Paulo, which we thought we were going to get just because that's kind of what the media had hyped it up to be. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to put a lot more focus and responsibility on the backs of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. to be what we think they can be. Because mm-hmm. Paulo is more of a ball dominant player as far as the fact that he needs the ball. 
in order to like, not just create for himself. I'm not saying Paulo is a selfish player, but Paulo is a guy who is going to operate best with the ball in his hands because he's a, he's a jumbo playmaker. He can score for himself. He can set up opportunities for other guys to score. Taking him out of the equation and putting Jabari Smith Jr. in his place actually puts a lot more focus on Jalen Green being who we expect him to be. Like, yeah. I think this puts the, this puts the ball back mm-hmm. in Jalen Green's hands more than had we, had we drafted Paulo, had Paulo failed to us at three, I think Jalen could have probably gotten away with kind of like being more, more off ball this year. Um, just kind of mm-hmm. focusing on kind of like what he did last year, uh, but just at a higher level. Um, had we drafted Paulo, I think he, he was going to kind of fall back into that role. But now that it's just pretty much him and, and KPJ and to some extent Shingun um, running the offense, he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to be the second pick in the draft. A lot of uh, the guy that a lot of people thought maybe Detroit might actually take with the first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Green has some playmaking attributes that I don't think were completely fleshed out last year. So I'm actually looking forward to the fact that, yeah, we have Jabari Smith Jr. We have this 6'10", 3-and-D uh, guy on our team who, like, sky's the limit with him. Like, I don't want to put a – I don't want to put a ceiling on Jabari Smith right now. A lot of people feel like they know, like, what he's going to be in the long run. That dude is – that dude is a young he – was, he was one of the younger players in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's 6'10". He might still be growing. You look at his dad. His dad is a big dude. His dad is huge. So we don't know what his body's going to look like. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, like as a person who who did want Paulo, and as a person who watched Jabari Smith in the summer league, I saw like his shot wasn't falling. That's the least of my concerns. The stuff that I wanted to see from Jabari Smith Jr. in the summer league is what I saw. I saw a guy who was intense on defense, who brought it every night, who mm-hmm. was like talking on defense. He was in the right place at the right time. He was he was um, in, in good hill position, and I know Ken, you appreciate good hill position. I I've seen I've seen what you do on the court. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I communicate. I communicate. Yeah, so like Jabari Smith Jr. is like a per- perfect person for Ken to play with because like Jabari Smith Jr. is out there talking on the court. You know, I lo- I love a lot of the stuff that I saw from Jabari Smith Jr. in, in yeah. the I mean in the summer league, and a lot of people were like really down on him because he did not shoot a good percentage, and I'm like. That dude has a body of work as a shooter. You don't need to question his shooting. And and so the things that I saw as far as him, like the block shot that he had on that guy that tried to dunk the ball. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He played a lot of small ball, small ball um, center in, in the summer league, which is something that I hadn't even like really, you know, I think Madison was a guy who was talking about maybe he could, he could scale to that position maybe a little bit and get some minutes right there. But to see him actually man that position effectively. And so like – it was crazy to me. Like I saw him guard, got, get out on the perimeter and guard a point guard. And, and, you know, he moved his feet. He followed him all the way to the basket, blocked the shot out of bounds. And then I'm seeing this guy like guarding centers too. Like I, I'm in love with what I saw from Jabari Smith Jr. And I think that like one thing that we have not had in a while is a defensive identity. And the fact that we drafted mm-hmm. Ari and then we were able to supplement that pick at 17 with, with Tari Eason. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most this year. I want to see a team that we can put on the floor that can not just complete compete offensively, but be able to compete defensively. I want to be able to turn some of those um, defensive possessions into offense. Like I made a video with Josh Christopher like two days ago. Like one of the things that like really jumped out to me as I was putting that video together was the fact that like he got a lot of steals, right? He got a lot of steals up there around the three point line. 
And then those turn into fast break opportunities for Jalen Green alley-oops, for uh, KJ Martin alley-oops, you know, and stuff like that. So like now we are, we're adding um, Jabari Smith Jr. and we're adding Tari Eason to that. We have Jay Sean Tate who no longer has to guard a small, uh, a power forward anymore. He can actually guard guys that are more his size. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're putting up, you're putting something on the floor. You're building something finally um, to where we can say, okay, I think we have a, a an, an identity as a team. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing the most this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that identity. I want to see the progression finally getting there. Year three of the rebuild. Like we have not had any defensive identity whatsoever. I like that they addressed it on with these two picks. I just want to see some type of improvement even if it's just minute, but I think we'll, it won't be a crazy drastic improvement, but I feel like we're going to see uh, steps that are leaps and bounds as opposed to last year. You know, the lulls of when you, when a team tacks off an 8-0 run, a 10-0 run, an 11-0 run, like how is that this young team going to respond? I think with Jabari and Tari there, Jabari kind of quarterbacking that defense. I can see Jabari trying to, you know, keep everybody's heads up of like, hey man, stay in the game. Like it's a battle of attrition. Like what my brother always says, it's like, just stay with, just stay with it. Like if you stay with it, trust the process, which is what the 20, that was was so special about the 2018 Rockets. They were so good at that, staying with the process which is why that team was so successful championship teams they win the battle of attrition always they don't mind giving up the 10-0 runs you don't you don't mind giving up the 11 name name the defenders on that 2018 team the what just the defensive players on that 2018 team oh you're talking about my my boy trevor ariza and pj tucker pj tucker yeah i got my boy luke in there okay so so you're telling me now we we were able to run out of Jabari Smith Jr. lineup with uh, Tari Eason, with Jay Sean Tate. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully Josh Christopher takes another leap defensively. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still I still got my fingers crossed on Garuba. You know what I mean? Like we <laughs> we all too, do. Man. I'm crossing everything I got, bro. I'm crossing everything I got. Crossing, Kenny's yeah, a big Garuba guy. Everything, <laughs> everything, bro. <laughs> but the thing is, okay, so Garuba was supposed to be like the most defensive ready NBA player coming out of the last draft, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you know, he just turned 20. I'm not giving up on dude. I think that like there's something there, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna find out this year. You know, like what he what he has to offer. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, fact, I... like you said, that 2018 team, you cannot be a a championship caliber team, and we're we're a little bit away from championship. Uh, I will I will acknowledge that, but you cannot be a championship contender unless you can play both sides of the ball. Exactly. And I think that that's true. I think that we added two pieces this year to go along with, like I said, the Jay Sean Tates and the Josh Christophers, who I, I, I believe that Josh could be a defender. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm hopeful, man. Like that that identity, being able to like being able to lock dudes up in little in, in crucial situations, that is something we haven't seen in the last two years. Oh yeah, absolutely. We need to see it. I need it. I, I'm yeah, a defensive we, we, guy, so I need we that. We need that, man. That, man. I mean, me yeah, you're a defensive, defensive guy, so I know you get like yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be high <laughs> step watching Jabari like block the book. <laughs> I don't oh, no, need I don't need five or six made threes, man. I need like two blocks and like a, a, a help stop. I need a defensive turnover. Like that's what Justin knows. Justin knows like what gets me what gets me like hyped up are actually like defensive plays. That's typically you're gonna be more hyped than Roosh uh when he watches Garuba setting screens. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know if anyone can reach that level of enthusiasm that Roosh got. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a different level. That's too that's much. next I'll level. Throw, no man, I'm a th- I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. If Jabari does stuff, I, you know, I got the Jabari jersey right behind me. You better believe I'm gonna throw oh, this I shit on. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that Jabari. Oh, you better believe it, man. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get them all, dude. I'm gonna get the, the I'm gonna get the new Harbor Classic editions, the San Diego Rockets. I gotta get the 
the uh, I got to get the city editions. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh-huh. stock up, man. Jabari Smith. That's, that's why I like y'all, man. Y'all y'all represent, man. Y'all are at like shout out to Ken and Justin though, for real. Like you guys are like at every event. Like you host events, like you you guys like do merch, like it's it's crazy. Like y'all have your hands in like a lot of different things, man. That that's you know all H town related. So like I'm a fan because I'm a homer. <laughs> oh, man, thank I, you, just man. Like us, just like us. <laughs> yeah, we're insane. Like we're we're born and bred Houston, man. We bleed Houston, man. You know, Back. like Back. we want to rep the city everywhere we go. I'm the guy that's like, oh man, I'm heading to New York, and especially after 2017, I'm like, I'm gonna rock all Astros gear, man. Boomy, let's do it. You know, what I mean, I'm <laughs> an instigator, passively <laughs> passive instigator here. I'm gonna rock the the controversial stuff. Can't help myself, man. But you know, like like. <laughs> That's like the best part of it, you know, like you like to rep for your city. And that's what we want to do is we just want to give more things for people to rep the city, you know, something they can be proud of. I mean, like the Legion of Stop shirt. We thought that's huge, especially considering that, like you stated, we're trying to build a defensive identity. That was the point of that shirt is like, you know, if anyone watched wrestling, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, they were pretty crazy badass tag team and we can and we see that in terms of jabari and tari you know like they balance each other out tari's got that bit of crazy jabari's super calm and collected so they bounce each other out perfectly we love that you know what i mean and that's a big deal to us that again vader like man we, we appreciate you all the time bro and we appreciate you always um showing up showing out with us too, man. It's a, it's it's always good to see. No, we've people been hanging like out. Yourself. We've been hanging out. With yeah, it. it's not yeah, like I'm, just rocking the show up. Unless, unless I cannot <laughs> show up, I'm gonna be there. Um, yeah, man. You know, as far as like supporting you guys on on whatever like platform we're on, like I'm gonna always do that because like I I do appreciate y'all and and you know it's it's not all the time when you meet people that are like really genuine and they are the same that they are on social media as they are in person. And that's one thing I've always, that's one thing that I've tried to be, I want to be authentic. You don't, you don't want to be somebody different on social media and then Mm. be somebody completely different. And so like, I can honestly say that you guys are like, matter of fact, I would say you're even cooler in person than you are on social media. (laughs) Oh, thanks, man. We we try, we try. I try, I I can't be, I, you know, you can't even be a jerk on Twitter. Like I'm like, all right, let's, let's try this. And I'm like, oh God, I feel bad. I can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I I probably, well, I wouldn't even say I'm being a jerk. I'm just giving my opinions. I'm giving my, I'm not trolling. Like I, I'm really biased towards our towards our team like if it's, if it's if it's the astros if it's the texans if it's the rockets like a lot of times i do actually believe the stuff i'm saying now if i say the texans are going to the super bowl i am just a, I'm, I'm hyping it up a little bit because like yeah I'm probably not realistic <laughs> this year but like for the most part though like you know i'm gonna hype my team up i'm never gonna concede a loss like even next week we play the indianapolis Colts. i pretty much caught them the bum in the indianapolis Colts. i saw that tweet (laughs) like you know i'm always gonna like we're we're winning we're gonna win every game until proven otherwise and that's just Mm -hmm. that's the way i look at it i feel that man i love that i love that support too you know like that blind loyalty like you know we kenny and i can be a bit more we're we're more leaning towards the homer side but you know we try to bring our best um version of objectivity to the objective yeah like i, I do get yeah. you know people people get in my mentions and they're like man there's no way you can believe this or you know i do get some i do get a little hate mail every now and again yeah but like, i don't care <laughs> <laughs>
Hey man, that's what happens. I love it, man. Be you. That's what happens, man. Yeah. That's what happens I mean, when you that's have, not a yeah. in my daily life in any kind of yeah. way. Like I exactly. Like every now and again, I might respond. Like if they actually say something to me that's actually funny, like I might respond to it. But if they're just like being toxic, I usually just keep it moving. Like I'm not mm-hmm. about to argue with anybody on Twitter mm-hmm. that I not know. And especially yeah. if you don't have your own profile picture up, I can't respect that because I. <laughs> right. No, it's true, man. You know, I shout told, out to... tell me, yeah, I can't tell you how many people would stop by on the on Rocket Store, and I'm like, oh, that's you. <laughs> oh, okay, dude. All I knew is that you had a photo of KPJ with H Town in the background. That's all yeah. I knew. Yeah. Like I didn't know who you were besides <laughs> that. But yeah, no, I, I it's totally. It's true, man. But yeah, dude. Flat flowers, flowers going your way too. Absolutely, man. It, it plus, plus, man, hate mail happens when you have almost four thousand followers. Boom. Get in there, man. Get in there. <laughs> Look at you, man. Look at you, man. You. Hey man, you your meteoric rise that I call meteoric rise, bro. Just like Jalen well, Green, you're a star. I, I'm I'm nobody, you know. I'm just trying to like, <laughs> actually. I'm just on there. I'm just having fun. I'm just trying to like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I honestly, I just post stuff that I that I like. You know, like mm-hmm. I know like uh, guys like you. You guys have a have a platform, and I know like I'm developing a platform. But at the same time, um, I'm in a position where I I can just kind of post the stuff that I want. Like sometimes people tell me like, hey. Hey Vader, I cannot post that, uh, you know, and I because I might run an idea by them. I'm like, hey, you think this is good? Can I send it? And they'll be like, yeah, please post that. I wish I could post it, but I can't. But like, I'm gonna live vicariously through you. <laughs> right, right? I post. No, it. I might get an email true, from profits or you know. <laughs> so you know, right yeah. now, I'm, I'm just having a good time, and I, I post the stuff that I that I like that, that entertains mm-hmm. me kind of a, it's a slow off season right now so i'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the season starting back so i can have more stuff to actually like get in trouble with you know yeah i like love that man. stuff like that mm-hmm. right yeah man exactly training camp's coming up really fast like what maybe like three weeks because like the first preseason games like what october 6th or october 5th right i don't know exactly but yeah, i'm excited up. man i'm ready for media day i just want to see all the photos i want to see all the dudes lined up taking a photo of the starting lineup the rookies i want all that i want the pressers i want i'm ready i just want to absorb as much content as i possibly can in terms of the rockets you know what i'm saying um, but yeah, Vader, let's, let's, let's bring it back again. You know, like we talk about the Texans, the Oilers, the Astros, the Rockets, like, man, I mean, I wanted to ask you what your favorite Rockets moment is, but you know what? I want all sports, man. Like even U of H if you have to, but tell me your favorite sports moment of your sports fandom. Okay. So like one of the things that kind of sticks, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, the Mario Ellie kiss of death is huge. That was a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had posted that. And then the whole, like the whole, um, what was that? The, the Nick Anderson missing the four free throws against the Rockets. Yeah. You posted five. that, what, yesterday? Was is that yesterday? That was, yeah. I posted that like yeah. two days ago. But the thing, uh-huh. the, honestly, like, you know, it was really cool. And like, was the 22 game winning streak, bro? Like, I, I don't know why. <laughs> bro. I don't know why the 22 game yeah. win streak kind of like resonates in my head, but the fact that they won 22 games in a row, piecing together a lineup of like, I won't say they're not nobodies because that's disrespectful, but like for large portions of that 22 game winning streak, like we either didn't have like Yao Ming in it or like Trace, like there was there was there was something going on, and then I remember that 22 that 22nd win when Rayford Austin 
like went crazy. He went berserk. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole like skip to he went full skip to Malou. He went and one mixtape, man. Yeah. yeah. Mixtape. Um on Sasha Vuyet, Vuyet, whatever his name is. Yeah, Vuyetish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Sasha like, oh, was—he was just not ha- he was not He wasn't having it, man. Yeah, he wasn't having good. it. That was, that was a good memory. We won't talk about the twenty-third game when they played Boston Celtics, and and, and the, oh, that was that was heartbreaking, bro. But you that know, was I, one of my favorite. Oh, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm gonna tell you what it is exactly. The the T Mac, the thirteen and thirty-five. Yo, mm-hmm. man, that, that was, was like because that was like. If you're just talking about one singular moment, because the 22 game winning streak, like, it spanned, you know, it spanned 22 games. Of course, the first, you know, 10 weren't that serious because it was just like a regular, regular winning streak at that point. But like towards the end of the 22, then it's, it, it was special, right? But as yeah. far as like one singular moment that I watched, and I was like, man, I cannot believe I saw that. The T Mac, 13 points and 30, that was crazy. That was absolutely insane. I would say that was. If I had to just narrow it down to like one event, I would say it was that. <laughs> I, I love that, you know, because I mean, what, about, we, what we, about you? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask what my brother's favorite sports moment is, if he could say it. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I I, there's I know. so much. I love um, all sports, you know what I mean? And oh, oh, my gosh. Like, if I can go back, you know, Chris Paul's game five against Utah, like that fourth quarter. That was like a culmination of his demons being exercised, um, the demons of the Rockets um, and Harden, you know, always where he didn't have that tag team partner, you know, to help him out in terms of closing moments. And it was just a huge thing, especially against Utah. Let's not forget about that. You know, Vernon Maxwell, if he has a chance to slander Utah, he damn sure will. Every every time, every time. I love Vernon to this day because he he will not, he will not resist an opportunity to bash utah like (laughs) that damn twitter he's like a national he's like an h-town treasure literally just an h-town treasure 100 (laughs) percent. i mean you know like there are moments like that like there's a there's a a few moments that stick to my mind um the first year of harden him and playing against okc i think the lot the game uh the day of the deadline when him and jeremy lynn both went off against them and him sidestepping and stepping back on serge Ibaka, the person that they decided to keep over him you know and hit that three and i think he hit a career high at that point as well that was such a huge moment for me because it was kind of like you know he struggled against them in the first two or three games and he got that big moment for himself to kind of push him over the hump of like being an actual star. And then like, if I'm going to go extremely underrated, it's against another, the same team, but it was like, I think it was like the 2012 season and we were down against the thunder with Goran Dragic, Chandler Parsons, Courtney Lee. Uh, I don't know. I think it was like maybe Kevin Marcus can be, I don't know if Ken Martin was in that game. He might've been injured, oh, but we were down by like double digits in the fourth quarters, like two minutes left. And we came back to win that game. We hit like quite a few threes. Courtney, Courtney Lee hit a corner three at the end to get us that victory. And I thought that was so amazing to see, especially against a superstar studded team at that point with KD Russ and then OKC Thunder member, James Harden. But those are moments to me, like rockets wise, if I had to pick a singular sports moment that may have been like my absolute favorite moment, it's probably it have to be between it probably have to be that okay I'm gonna go to baseball but Bregman hitting that game winner in game five 
uh, over one. the Dodgers was probably my absolute. I'm gonna let you finish, but I have a they, baseball one too. That was my absolute favorite <laughs> moment I experienced. Um, this is so euphoric, and um, to you know to come back multiple times to you know just to tie it and then get the lead. They tie it, and it just felt like you know that was battle of attrition to a T. And for Houston to go up on top in that game, in that stage, and it was such a huge game, swing game, game five, tied series 2-2. That was the game where it was just like, wow, everything's coming together. Is this possible? Like, can we really win this? And, you know, like, um, as a Houston sports fan, all we wanted, I just, I just, I'll, I'll, I'd always say it, like, all I wanted is one championship, whether it's the Astros, Rockets, Texas, I just want to experience it, you know what I mean? I wanted it. For, for myself, for the city, and stories to tell as life goes on. You know, no one can take away 2017. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of like. forget that game. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was. I was at this place called Nagoya with, like, my best friend, and we were watching it. And mm-hmm. she, um, we were eating sushi or whatnot. It was crazy, man. And the fact of the matter is, like, that game, the amount of comebacks in that game. And that's oh, what, I, that's what I was Unprecedented. Unprecedented. It's funny that you said that because that, that was my Astros memory because mm-hmm. of the fact that like, just as soon as you thought that, that the chips were down and it was over and they weren't, it's like, there's no way they can come back from this. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come back. It was crazy. It was every it, time. That was, that was my favorite. Every time. Memory mm-hmm. by far. That team, that team was something else. Ken, what about you, man? What about you? Uh, oof. Oh, okay. So if we're talking like rockets, um, I'll mention a moment that none of y'all mentioned because I was like, okay, well, I can't mention anything that y'all mentioned already. But the one moment that'll probably stick out to me it will probably for as long as I live, uh, game six, 2015, second round against the Clippers, the the comeback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I mean, that was like, I felt like I was living in a parallel universe for that, that you know, one quarter in like two minutes, <laughs> two minutes in the third. Like, I, I just didn't, I, I was like, is this really happening? Like, cause that, if we set the stage going into that moment, like the Clippers, they should have beat us. They were up three, one, that team was more superior than our team in any way. Corey Brewer, Josh Smith in the following years were out of the league. Like the people that were basically one of the, ma- the main catalysts on that comeback didn't even, aren't really weren't even in the NBA after like a year or two. So that's like the insane part about it is that that Clippers team was more dominant. They had more pieces. They were more, of a championship contender than we were yet. We were able to get it back on the backs of players that weren't named James Harden. Harden was on the bench and you had Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Corey Brewer, Josh Smith, Jason mm-hmm. Terry, you know, you had the hand <laughs> of brothers leading the charge on a comeback like that. Is, it, it, like, you know, we always talk about like, okay, this, we always bring back clutch city. It's almost like an overplayed. Mm-hmm. It became an almost an overplayed statement. I didn't understand clutch city because like I was maybe three years old when we won our title so i don't remember anything i only remember how my family reacted that's like my first sports memories i don't recall watching anything on on a tv so like i never understood the full satisfaction of what clutch city was until i got to see that game at that moment of a comeback of that magnitude to force a game seven in to bring it back to houston for game seven to be like okay this is clutch city. Like, and, and Craig Ackerman said it perfectly. It was like clutch city's back. Like, and I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand what clutch city is and, and how 
you know, that Rockets had that, you know, the proverbial dog in them to never quit. So that's probably <laughs> has to be a top moment. Yeah. Has to be a top moment for me. I mean, hands down. Uh-huh. At least, that, at least that for Rockets. Was, yeah, that's up there. That's definitely mm-hmm. up there. I would say that's got to be like a top five moment. Easily. Just the way the mm-hmm. way that whole fourth quarter unfolded in that in that game. It was mm-hmm. almost surreal to watch. And a lot of people don't realize, like, the much maligned Terrence Jones, like, actually, he, he had some really good work. plays. He had yeah. some really good plays at the I end remember. of the third quarter. Like, <laughs> to me, like, if, if he doesn't do those things, like, maybe there is no comeback. But It's if you, true. If it's you true. go into the fourth and then you, it's like the Corey Brewer and the uh, Josh Minster show and it. Yeah, yeah like you could just so I'm, I'm speechless because like just even mm-hmm. even that's how much nostalgia that that moment had for me because <laughs> you, you're sitting there and you're watching a game and you're like dang we're cooked like there's no way we're gonna like another disappointing season oh we're yeah oh yeah 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 parties on the bench it's like oh, yeah man. We, we, it's like oh no we suck again <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true man it's true i mean oh, you know no, like, we suck again like that yeah, I love that, that, one. <laughs> that game like you know everyone um one of like that game itself like if you were following at that point in time like i think that's one of those few games where everyone can be like i remember exactly where i was when i was watching that game and kenny and i were together with our good friend jay and we were talking about on the couch like okay what moves do we need to make make? (laughs) and then and then you know and then that epic run comes back and the funny thing is like from what i remember is like john barry was the announcer and he was such a huge houston hater but yet he was a huge piece in 0405 and let's also shout out i don't remember who was the guy that made the video but there was a guy that made videos on clutch fans you remember that uh the deliver me videos you remember that vader me and kenny love that was it ponged I don't remember who it was, but shout out to that guy, okay. Clutch Fans. I, I know, I, I'm pretty sure Dave knows, but wrong. Um, shout out to Kenny. I don't know if anyone knows, but Kenny used to make videos back it went in the day. silently viral. And Kenny made a <laughs> Deliver Me video for that series I after did, game I six. I think I and still it, have it. it. It took attention, you know, like I think Sean Pendergast saw it, Mario Ellie saw it, Matt Bullard saw it, Craig Ackerman, might have seen, but he didn't know us at that point in time. But Kenny, like, that's so funny because we were on Twitter at that point, but we were quietly on Twitter, not like how we are now. But at that point in time, it's just funny to think about. I was a lurker. Yeah. Kenny, you're going to have to yeah. post it at some point in time. I'll post, I'll it, post it at some point. It I'll back, post it, yeah, I'll post it at some point. Okay. Yeah, man, yeah. you got to like yeah. give the people what they want. We need to see that. There you Absolutely. go. I'm playing. On, okay. Right, you know what? Just for you. Back. Just for you. Just for you, Vader. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring it back. I just got to upgrade. I got to upgrade that account, though. I, I'm not above the 220 threshold, the two minutes and 20 second threshold. I got to up my account so I can post more than two minutes and 20 seconds. Or maybe I'll put it in parts. I'll put a part one and part two. We'll see. I, I have it. I have it. It's there. So I'll, I'll put it and post it. Well, we'll get this episode out and then I'll do a follow up of like, hey, if you listen to this episode, then you'll understand the reference. So I'll, I'll post mm-hmm. it, get it going. All right. Yeah. Last last question before we go home, Vader. I want to I want to ask you, look, the season's coming up right now. We look, we're, we're so close to training camp. The NBA season's coming literally next month. We're going to be seeing Rockets game. We're going to be watching Rockets games back. You know, Christmas time is coming here early. Give a prediction of what this seat like i guess you can tie into two questions give an overall prediction record season wise and are we trying do you think we're trying to make not play in or bottom out stay in the middle what do you think i think that we are going to try to win this year i think silas doesn't have a choice i think he has to 
I think if he wants to be the head coach of the Houston Rockets next year, I think that there needs to be some kind of measurable improvement. Um, I won't say whether or not that is reflected in wins and losses is not important because, I mean, you play to win the game. Herman Edwards said that a long time ago, you play to win the game. I know that like a lot of uh, teams around us have also gotten better. So it just because you improve, you know, that's not always, you know, reflected in, in, in the wins because the other teams around you also make moves to improve as well, except for Utah because they're obviously trying to get Wimby or something. I don't know what they're doing. They're just giving them away. in San Antonio. Them in San Antonio, man. Yeah, they're San Antonio. They, 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 the, the tank has started tanking. already. The tank already. has pulled out. <laughs> right? Like, Sam Presti is mad because, like, Sam Presti is like, these dudes are trying to out-tank me, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, already. Already. That's where he posts his uh, Michael Jordan meme, like, and that's when I took it personally. <laughs> you know, right, right, <laughs> exactly. So as far, as far as like, I think Silas, I think Silas has to actually like coach this year. Like, you could kind of tell like the past few years, or at least last year in particular, that he was kind of like, it was more of a mm-hmm. developmental year. You know, mm-hmm. us as fans, there were some things that we would have liked to see differently. But like, hey, yeah. always, I always. Um, you know, I always try to give people the benefit of benefit of the doubt because, like, they are professionals. He's a professional NBA coach. You know, I am not. You know, so I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. However, you know, exactly. you do things that you're like, mm, you do question certain things, right? So one of the things that I'm looking to see from Stephen Silas this year is just more accountability from the players, like when they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Like, not, not necessarily yanking that dude out, but, you know, like, um, you know, if you do need to yank them out, yank them out, you know, and they need to come out of the game when you ask them to come out. Um, as far as like stuff that they're doing on the court, if it's, if it's outside of what you want them to do, you know, that needs to be coached out of them. Like one of the things that I always like wonder about Steve Francis, you know, shout out to Steve, love Steve Francis. He was one of my favorite players, but I always wonder, you know, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy was, um, a player's coach. He's a player's coach, and he was used mm-hmm. to having, like, Hakeem and Drexler and, you know, guys like that who they're already established in their career. And and Rudy knew that those guys did not need a certain level of, of coaching. He, he knew that – he knew exactly. what they needed, and it worked to the tune of two championships. However, when you got a guy like Steve Francis, this young guy who is kind of like – he's a little wild, he's a little out of control, super talented, um, you – cannot necessarily leave him to his own devices all the time. Yeah, you want him to be free to make mistakes and feel comfortable to try things and make mis- and, and you know mess up and you coach certain things out of him. And I think like Steve was just given the reins and Steve kind of was left yeah. to his own devices and he can do what he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. ultimately that hurt him because when he ended up with a guy like Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy, who was a disciplinarian, he was like, you know, this is not – you know, this is not what I'm accustomed to. This is not what I'm used to. Like, just give me the ball and, you know, let me cook. And so, like, and I'm going to bring that back to, like, what we have right now with, like, our young guys. Like, these guys need to be coached up to a certain extent. Yeah, you want them free. You want them to be out there not worried about, like, if I, if I turn the ball over, are you going to take me out the game? But at the same time, are you running the offense? Are you where you're supposed to be on defense? Are you making second and third efforts defensively? Like, defense is a lot more than just one effort. Like you, you can, you know, you can be on your guy and your guy beats you and you just stop and let him go to the basket. That's not giving effort at that point. Like, you, yeah, you tried initially, you know, you, you got down in your stance and you tried initially and he got around you or whatever. And then you just kind of quit on the play. Like, 
you got to be locked in. You got to be willing to like chase that down, get back into play, recover, get to the other guy, you know, whatever it takes. Like mm-hmm. we, we need to see that from this team. And we didn't see that a whole lot last year. So <clears throat> I just want to see like these guys actually like focused on making winning plays. Now, whether or not those result in, 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 in the wins right now, I, I don't know if that's, as important and I'm contradicting myself because I said I do think Steven Silas needs to win a little bit but like you know improvement does not necessarily need to be reflected in wins considering like considering what we saw last year like there were a lot of games we we, we really just let go of the rope like you could tell mm-hmm. in the midst of the game yeah, yep. it's like, true. we just want to quit and if you think back like a few years ago we had these teams who like yeah they, they didn't win all the games that they played but they competed you know yep. from from the tip Absolutely. to the end of the game, like they competed and you're like, man, those guys. And, and, you know, we love those teams because they would compete like that. That's what I want to see from this team. I want like, even if we lose a game, I want to be able to go into a space or go on, you know, or talk to you guys and be like, Hey, you know, they, they competed their ass off tonight. Like we didn't get the win tonight, but they, they, they tried, they did the best they could. The other team was just better than us. So yeah, that's absolutely. that's what I'm looking for this year. I want to see that kind of that kind of improvement, like on the on the floor as far as effort and just execution, effort and execution. Yeah, as long as we don't get one, yeah, as long as we don't start season one in sixteen. One in sixteen would suck. Yeah, we can't. This do is that. a terrible, can't terrible taste. In the can't mouth. can't do that. No, <laughs> yeah, give me something, man. Give yeah, give yeah. me three and give me like. Give me, give me anything. Give me like five and 12. Give me six and 11. I'll take anything over one in 16 at this point. So yeah, and no, honestly, I, if yeah. we, if we get like another, we get, we get another high draft pick, right? We have our own pick this year. We get another high draft pick. Uh, we have max free agency money, max cap space. Like you're adding at least two like really good players next year. So yep. like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to go through another year of, of the growing pains. I just want to see the, the growing pains if that makes sense like we can do the growing pains but we also need to see the growing part not not just the pain part like, yeah thank no, you. no you're, you're thank very you. correct very correct shout I just, out to kurt nope. cameron you know he's <laughs> louise wow good wow what a call out no yeah yeah no 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 nope not not all pain not the pain like, pain yeah, yeah. pain pain i mean these I want to see growth. Yes, I want to see. I want to see growth and improvement. At least for the sake of, you're right though to tie it to tie it all in a bow before we go home here. Mm-hmm. To for at least even Silas's sake, like there, there, this has to, the dam has to turn at some point. You don't want to be 20, another black 26, hole. 20, 26 to thirty games is what I would be okay with. Me yeah. personally, I know a lot of people think that's too low, but like I think like if we're actually playing defense. And we're actually out here and we're competing until that and, and until we go like all zeros, we should be able to get 26 to 30 wins. I agree. No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we'll have the effort there on the defensive end. We got the right players around. Um, you know, this is all contingent on like you're right, like Steven Silas opening up the playbook offensively and making sure to place these guys in the correct places defensively, which is, you know, I guess you can say that's placed on Lionel Hollins. You know, it was a great hire for us. Um, letting go of Jeff Hornacek. Why? I don't know why he was there. He's from Utah. That's why. We can't, we, can't have, we can't have Utah people on the staff. This is bad juju, man. I ain't about that life. Not about it. Hornacek. He was a, uh, but he, he was from, he was a Utah jazz player. He was a mole. Yep. 
It's true. Facts. It's true. Facts. It's you know, true, Vader, Vader, Vader's spitting over here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, like I, I see it. I'm curious to see how the improvements that they do make. I'm curious to see what happens to Silas. I mean, I don't know how realistic it is for him to get an extension after this year. It might, if, if he does coach, well, he might get one or two years extended in addition. Um, I wonder if they might stay on the safe side, more conservative side, depending on how it goes. He, I don't think he wants to be a lame duck and neither, neither does stone and Fertitta. I think it would just be, it'd just be bad for the team overall. Um, but overall, I just think that it's going to, it's going to be good. Like I just, I'm, like you said, growing pains with more of the growing, less of the pain. I'm all about that. I just want to see improvements in certain aspects of certain games. Like I want Kevin Porter Jr. to bring down his turnovers, make better choices when you're on the open court and in the half court as well. Like if we can see that, then, you know, that'll be improvement already. Jalen Green making better choices. And, you know, also it's up to the refs. He he drove to the bucket so much last year and got no calls. We'll see what happens this year. If he plays more aggressively in terms of like trying to get more dunks and, Maybe he will draw more fouls. We'll see how it goes. Um, LP, whether he can stay on the floor. And Jabari Smith, see what happens with him. We'll see if Tar Eason is even in the rotation to start the year. We'll see how that goes. I'm curious to see how that's going to be. Will KJ Martin even be on the roster, you know, to start the year? Is that even possible? Like, we'll see how that goes. But um yeah I no know. i agree yeah you know i'm in this i'm in the same boat yeah. too we'll see what we'll see what ends up happening in regards mm-hmm. to this season in regards to the upcoming season and it's all it's all hearsay until we actually get to the games that count in about early to mid-october so let's get ready to go home here vader vader thank you so much for coming onto the summit dude you know just talking with us just talking hoops uh talking off season we're gonna get you on once the season gets rolling by the way we got to get you to come back you know we're either gonna be celebratory drinking hey man let's let's have a toast jalen green's having a whale of a year to start out jabari smith is on his way to being rookie of the year to like mm-hmm. if we have another one in 16 start to like yo vader man we're gonna have to, we gotta talk we're gonna have to talk about well, look, this damn if team. You, if, when you have me on before the season starts i'm probably gonna say we're making a play-in so just be prepared justin and, and ken like we're making a play-in <laughs> I'm all for it, bro. Hey, I love it. I'm, all for it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that positivity. I'm okay with it. I'm for I, it, bro. Yeah, I'm resolved. We're not look. I'm resolved to the fact that we're not getting Wemby unless we get some type of crazy Yao Ming 2002 pick where you have Steve Francis. You know, we're like we're we're estimated at the 12th or 13th pick in the draft, and then boom, you set Steve Francis there, and then we get the number one pick. That would and, be yeah. And, and Wemby is an amazing prospect, but let's let's talk about it. Seven foot five guys. You know, like longevity. Hey, hey man, yeah. I'm a I'm a Scoot Henderson dude. He no is. offense to Kevin Porter Jr., but I'm a Scoot Henderson guy. I'm I am on the Scoot Henderson bandwagon Wimby, already. Wimby, Wimby scares there. me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I watched a lot of his highlights, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his game. I'm not a fan of his frame. <laughs> it's the height. It's the height. No, I mean yeah. it's it's facts. Uh, it, he, the dude just screams. Uh, he just gains weight. You just you're just and I hate to say this. You're screaming. Uh, mm. Stress. Stress. What is it? Foot stress. Fact fracture at some point. So and he's already yeah, I mean, he's already low key kind of injury prone right now. And like mm-hmm. he's not even like facing the physicality that he's gonna face being in the NBA. So like it's a red flag for me. Like I think if you have the first pick in the draft you almost have to take him because if you it's don't, then you're going to look like an idiot if he does become like this big megastar. However, um, he scares me. Um, he scares me. And just like the whole, like Chet scared me. I felt like Chet was the best player in this draft. Like, honestly, I know I was on the Apollo bus, but like, if you just look at like 
skill to talent and 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 like height and all that stuff. Like, yeah, Chet could do everything. But Chet was not Chet was not the uh, first player on my big board though, and it was because I was afraid of his his frame, mm-hmm. and not, yeah. not and maybe this was a freak injury. But I mean, maybe it wasn't. Oh, I- I think so. I mean, you know, he doesn't have the size like Yao Ming because it's very, very similar in terms of his foot injury. So that it probably bodes well for him in terms of recovery is at least able, he doesn't have all that size that, you know, someone like Yao had all the extra weight. It's good yeah. that it happened at this point in his career. I mean, it's not a good injury regardless. That's the, but tough probably, injury. That's the same injury yes. Matt Shaw had. That's the same injury Matt Shaw had. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that is the Matt same Shaw, injury Matt like, Shaw. And then he became like pick six Matt Shaw after that. He's like, I ain't trying to, man. I ain't trying to hear that. He was throwing more picks <laughs> to the other team after that. So, like, I know, man. I will, That's what that- I will never forgive the Texans for not getting Peyton Manning. Okay, anyways, we're not, we're not going to talk, we're not gonna <laughs> no, talk man, about that. No, man. I was no, a TJ Yates another rabbit hole, right? TJ Yates. I was a TJ Yates guy. Taylor Johnson, my guy. Listen, listen for our listen for our Texans podcast. <laughs> We're totally gonna start a Texans pod with Vader here now. Look, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Man. I'm probably here for that. <laughs> Yo, Vader, man. Oh, Mills. <laughs> oh, you already know. You already know. Vader, goat, man, thank man. You. dude. I gotta get you your flowers, man, and roll out the red carpet for you right now. Thank you so much for coming on the summit. Let the people know where they can find you on all the socials across the board. Uh, right now, I'm just mainly on Twitter, uh, Vader underscore H underscore town. And, you know, shoot me a follow. I follow back pretty much everybody right now. A lot of people give me uh, crap. They're like, who's this dude you're following? I'm like, I don't know, man. He followed me. I follow him back. This is kind of like, man, you're getting, you're getting grief for people you follow? Yeah. Damn. Like, they, they, yeah, they, they give me grief for following too many people, but like, hey. <laughs> You're a generous man, man. You're generous man. I'm following. I'm following everybody. If you follow me, I'm gonna follow you back. That's just how. That's just how I'm running my business right now. <laughs> hey, you gotta do. You it. gotta do what you gotta. You gotta do what you gotta do there. And I, mm-hmm. I completely feel that with you there. So Vader, I appreciate you. My brother appreciates you. Thank you so much for coming down. Or no, not coming down. Coming up to the summit to meet us and uh, just talk hoops, man. We can't wait to have you on again. And uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Justin. Catch y'all later. The Summit for, 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 for Life.